0: Setting up systems and more so that you can ultimately work smarter and build a successful, sustainable, and sellable business. To sign up, just visit growyourprivatepractice.com/backslash training. Don't miss the chance to learn how to effectively navigate the growth phase of the private practice journey. See you on the training. Amber Reese is a speech-language pathologist in Houston, Texas. After working in several settings and experiencing ups and downs in each, she started to think about private practice. Amber was tired of high caseload sizes and a schedule that wasn't conducive for her family. She got to the point where her job was taking too much of a toll on her and her family, so she decided to quit her job and start a private practice. In this episode, she talks about marketing strategies that have worked for her, becoming an insurance provider, her clinical specialties, and more. I got to know Amber during her time in the Grow Your Private Practice program. And it has been so wonderful to watch her get set up in her brick and mortar space, hire a contractor, and also set up her policies and systems. Amber's getting ready for her children to be in kindergarten next year, and she wants to be able to drop them off and pick them up. So she's already planning to adjust her schedule and hire so that she can be free during those hours, but still be making money through her practice. If you've been thinking about starting or growing your private practice and wanna see how you can be a business owner and a mom, this is a must listen episode, so stay tuned. I'm Jenna Castro-Casbon, speech language pathologist, business coach and creator of the Start Your Private Practice system. And I'm on a mission to turn stuck SLPs into successful private practitioners. If you're tired of dealing with high productivity requirements high caseload sizes, and low pay. It's time to take control of your professional, personal, and financial life, and finally get the freedom, flexibility, and financial abundance that you deserve by working with private clients in your own practice. Join me here each week as I share tips, best practices, and inspirational interviews on the Private Practice Success Stories podcast. If you're a private practitioner or one in the making, you're in the right place. So let's get started. So before we dive in, can you please share your name, your location, and the name of your private practice? Sure. My name is Amber Reese. My practice is Blue Bonnet
1: Therapy Services, and I'm located in Tomball, Texas, which is North Houston.
0: I am so excited to be doing this interview, Amber. We've gotten to know each other. You're a member of the Grow Your Private Practice program. So I've really gotten to watch your growth. But I wanna, before we dive into kind of where you are now and what that growth has looked like, can you take us back to the beginning of your career and what that was like? And then when did you start thinking about private practice?
1: Sure, so I have, I joke, I've worked every setting except the hospital, I think. so. Well, first, I never thought I was gonna go and do speech pathology. I had a good friend who was four years older than me and I was gonna do education. And she sat in her intro class and she texted me one day and said, you know, I'm in this class and all I can think about is you and have you heard about it? And so that kind of led me there. And so I'm super thankful. Shout out to Courtney who did that. But my journey as a speech path was, I started in the still nursing facility. I was lucky and was able to take a job after my practicum there. And so they took me on and did that for about eight months. I got married right outside of school. So graduated in May and got married in June. And my husband was in the Navy, was in for about 10 years. And so we stayed in our little college town for about eight or nine months and then led us to Texas where he's from. So I joke that he's He's made me a Texan, even though I'm from Louisiana. I'll always claim it, but he has made me a Texan. So we moved to Waco right in the midst of the big fixer upper phase. So that was fun. Oh, my gosh. Um, All of the like Chip and Joanna people, like the fan people all over the place. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because I remember when I said, you know, hey, he got a job at Waco. We would have friends who would say, have you heard about the show? And it was right when it was starting, I had not And so we started kind of watching it too. And so, yeah, we always have people who message us and ask us about where should we go or where should we stay? It's changed so much since we've left, but it's a great town. We love it. We moved there. And so I started working with a pediatric home health company. So, and I was finishing up my clinical fellowship. So that was unique in that I didn't really have a whole lot of support. So that was hard, but I thankfully was towards the end, had a great supervisor. And so she kind of helped train and mentor me and did that for about a year and then just wanted something a little bit closer to our house, less travel. So then I moved to a pediatric clinic. So I got a taste of that and loved it. I loved collaborating with some great OTs and PTs and just had a good experience with that and did that for about three years. And then I got pregnant with our twins. So we had five-year-old twins, their boy girl twins, Landon and Addie. And so took maternity leave and then kind of transitioned to a school setting. So wanted that time off with my kids and a little bit of an easier schedule, less late afternoons and evenings. And so I actually got to work for a school co-op. So we served 11 rural school districts and so it's unique in that that's how I started and it kind of spoiled me because it was very small. I had no idea what other school therapists were dealing with as far as caseload size and extra jobs and nudies. I had great experience and honestly had we never moved I probably would still be doing that because it was a really sweet team and good experience. But in December of 2020. So right we closed on our house, New Year's Eve of 2021. We moved to Houston. My husband's from here, grew up here, and he was transitioning out of the military. And so knew that he needed some different job opportunities. And we wanted to be a little bit closer to family. And so we moved here. And I was able to get a job with a school district. And that was my first taste of what everyone else. Has been experiencing definitely high caseload sizes, especially outside of Houston. So that was hard. It was really hard transitioning in the middle of the school year, kind of cleaning up some things that were not necessarily done well or done at all. So I kind of felt like I was just treading water. And so that's actually what led me to find you. I joke, I'm never ever wanted to own a, my own business or practice. That is not my personality type. We've talked about our enneagrams before. And so we're both nines. And yeah. so I am a peacekeeper and I, you know, I like to have other people make decisions. So the idea of doing this is funny to me, but, you know, I fully believe that God has a reason for everything. And so that led me to your boot camp.
0: So I did that in April of 21 and you're actually doing your boot camp this month. You know, it's really cool to see who started in bootcamp, which is this amazing free experience that we do to help people make a plan for their private practice. And then basically, if people want help to implement the plan, then there's an invitation to join the start program, right? So it's always cool to see when people have started in boot camp and then where they've ended up. So I love that. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, I think that was fun. When I saw that you had posted about it, I was like,
1: I'm going to ask Jenna, though, that's how I started So I did that, and I don't even think I was really thinking it would lead anywhere. I think I just found it on, it must have popped up on Facebook somehow. So I did that, and I remember sitting, we were just dealing with such a, just a hard season of life, honestly, the transition to a new town. We had like a wonderful community. We had great friends and really loved our time in Waco, and we really didn't want to leave, even though we were Being able to move back and be in your family, that was really hard. All our marriage, we only knew military. And that was my husband's only job. So that was a huge transition. It was a hard transition for my twins. They were, you know, toddlers at the time. I think they were three. So we dealt with lots of anxiety on their end and lack of sleep. And so put that with a job that just really isn't your favorite. That kind of led me to your boot camp. And then I remember texting my dad. And I don't know what led me to text him about it, but I just I think I needed to tell someone. But I was like, I think I think I want to start seeing some private clients on the side. And he I can remember. I wish I had it saved. I got a new phone and lost messages. But I think he basically was like, I've always known that I've always thought you should do that you have a huge connection with children and I think you would be great at it. So I think I just needed someone to say like, that's not crazy. And and so I was like, okay. So then I started kind of exploring some options. In that process, I ended that school year and was able to get a job with another school district that was closer to our home. And it actually led me to be a contractor. And so that was a little bit of a better position And it was nice. I got to move from the high school and junior high setting to an elementary, which is really more my passion and, you know, my interest. And so that was kind of my hope that maybe things will turn around. Maybe I won't go this route. Maybe this will make me happier. And I'll kind of have my passion back again. And it started off well and then quickly just got out of hand. So huge caseload wonderful school, wonderful staff. Still love my time there, but I quickly realized that this is not sustainable for my family. It's not sustainable for me. And so then I started really considering it. And so before I took that job, I told my husband and he was really supportive. He thought that was a good idea. Hey, why don't we just explore what it's like to form a business in Texas and kind of helped do the logistical things. He's really helpful. He's the researcher. So, if I give him something, he's going to dive in deep and, you know, help me with that. So, we got the business set up and then with the intention of maybe we'll just see what the interest is over summer. And so, I started putting it out there on Facebook. I made a Facebook and social media and then over the summer was able to get a friend to help me make a Squarespace website, things like that. I had my good friend through childhood and high school and college. She is a graphic designer. She made me a logo. My husband helped create my name. So did that and was able to really slowly do that over the summer and got a few clients. And it kind of ignited a little passion in me again. I enjoyed it. And I thought, wow, well, this would be really fun if I could just do this all the time. I kind of have control over who I'm seeing and what I'm interested in. So then I continued and I did the contractor job and then just did a couple of clients after school. So three to five visits a week was pretty good for me. And then it really intended to finish the school year out. But come October, November, really just felt this nudging inside me like, you know, you're not in a good place. Like, this is not healthy, do you need to step back? You need to kind of reprioritize. And so I, I think I was really nervous to mention it to my husband. It was a great paying gig. And I'm not one to you know, quit something mid-year, of course, outside of moving. But so to have to do that was really hard. But once I said it, it was just like, gosh, this weight lifted. And so I felt like, this is what I'm going to do. And so I had my family support. And so I did it. I gave my notice and I quit Christmas break. And so January 1st of 2022 was kind of me going all
0: in. But I love that so much. And I love all of the twists and turns, right? It's like you had a really good situation in the schools, right? And then you didn't, right? And then, you know, you moved. And so there was a lot of a lot of twists and turns. But what I loved was that you hadn't considered it, right? And then you did. And then that lovely interaction with your dad, right, where he was like, you know, yeah, I think you should do that. I believe in you. It's so funny. I had that exact same conversation (laughs) with my dad when someone said, you know, hey, Jenna, why don't you see private clients? And I was like, what? Like me? Same thing. I was like, I don't know. I don't I don't know how to do that. I don't know if I'm cut out for it. Like I had all of these doubts and then talking to my dad and then some other friends, they're like, no, you can absolutely do that. Right. And sometimes I feel like SLPs and OTs need validation from other people because we just are like swimming in self-doubt a lot of the times. It's all that imposter syndrome crap that I wish we could all get rid of, but but it's validating, right? Okay. So then you had a, you know, another good experience, a bad experience, back and forth. But I think that the theme here is that you kept getting in situations that weren't conducive for your family and weren't conducive for you and you wanted to reignite that passion and also have more control. So what happened mm-hmm. next? So pretty instantly
1: over christmas break i kind of you know hit the ground running. I started advertising on some, you know, facebook groups that i'm in that allowed advertising on certain days. So neighborhood page, i created, you know, little graphics on Canva. Thank goodness for Canva. I'm not a Canva pro, but thank goodness for it so that <laughs> you can do stuff like that. Printed off some, you know, business cards and some rat cards, and really just, you know, kind of did the opposite of what my personality is. Is I don't really like to put myself out there. I don't want to be the one in the spotlight. And so, unfortunately, and you say this That's all the time, you know, people can't know about your business unless you tell them. So I had to post, and people were so supportive. Even people at my school, you know. The front desk person, she was so sweet. She said, oh my gosh, you're going to do so great with that. And so I've had little instances where, you know, they've maybe connected a family who was asking about private therapy. So I did that. And then I started a Google ad and really just kind of had to figure that out. And thankfully, I've been lucky that I've had a few friends who are just a few steps ahead of me in this. And so I had about two or three people that I reached out to and just asked questions and kind of got their opinions on things and they were able to help, you know, this is what I did and I don't recommend this, but, or this is what I think you should do, you know, learning from other people's mistakes. And then I think you've had a couple of people from our Houston group, but we have a great SLP Houston page. And so just networking honestly has helped a ton. And just being you know, mindful of, you know, Houston's so big. I don't even sometimes say that I live in Houston because I don't feel like I do, but, you know, it's so big. So just to know where other people are seeing kids so that when you get that random person that calls you or messages you, you can say, you know what, that's way outside my area, but, you know, try these two people. So that's been huge. And I, in January that year, really decided that, I think to help grow, I'll have to take just one insurance. And so I got a network with Lacrosse School Shield of Texas. I had some other friends who were able to give insight about that. And it just seemed like, you know, let's see. And if it's not a good experience, you know, you can end it. So I did that and really had to just learn. And thankfully, I had a local friend and speech therapist who got to you know, she was so great and supportive. She answered questions and she, you know, walked me through it on my EMR, things like that. So, and that really helped me get quite a few initially. So at that point I was mobile, I was traveling, you know, to their homes and I had a wider travel area because I saw a need in another part that I don't live in, you know, I saw a need there. So I felt like maybe I need to market that area. And it was really helpful initially. But as I you know, got a few more, realized really quickly that I really need to kind of figure out what my ideal area is.
0: So that's kind of how I started. Well, and I love that too. Several things that you said, I think are really helpful. One, just like, you know, Facebook groups are a great place to get clients. Google ads are another great way to get clients because you are able to capture people who are actively looking for services, right? Because, you know, when people are looking for things, where do we go to these days, right? We go to the internet, right? So that's a great way to find people. And then networking, and especially a city like Houston, and yes, I have had lots of people on the show um, from Houston. There's a lot of private practices in Houston Mm -hmm. and Texas, but Texas is also a very big and very populated state And people also may not want to drive to different suburbs or different areas or whatever. So, you know, sometimes people get really worried about competitors, right? In competition, they say, oh, there's already a lot of private practices here. But you can send each other referrals, right? Not everyone's going to specialize in the same thing, right? So don't be scared, listeners, of competition because your competition, air quotes, could turn out (laughs) to be your best referral sources, right? Yeah. And honestly, that's what you said kind of knowing what your specialty
1: or interest is. I primarily specialize in that early language to maybe about 10 or so, but I would say 90% of my caseload is up to six. So two to six, 18 months to six. So that's my wheelhouse. I love language and speech sound Um, disorders and myofunctional disorders, but I and not a fan of treating stuttering and, you know, fluency and voice, things like that. And so networking like that has really helped because I send them to Dana. Dana is the, the fluency guru. And so if I get a call, I'm honest with the parent. You know what? That's not my, you know, my specialty. But I have a great friend who does and her practice specializes in that. So And Dana's been great. She sends some to me. So shout out to Dana, too. So that's been huge. And then I think other things that have helped, you know, you never know what what's going to help the most. But I looked at, you know, Instagram accounts. So there's a great North Houston moms page. And so they did meet a mom post. So I saw that they were interviewing moms who had small businesses. And so I asked and she interviewed me. And so that sent me a few a few people on Instagram, even shared my account. And so that led me a few. So you just you never know what relationships will do and will bring you.
0: Totally. And you do have to put yourself out there and in a variety of ways. Right. Sometimes I think people give up a little too quickly. Right. They drop off like a couple of postcards at a doctor's office. And they come in, and they're almost apologetic, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, can I leave you from where?" Okay, thank you. Bye. And then they run out the door or something, right? And then they're surprised when no one calls them, right? So you do have to, you have to work at it. You have to plant seeds. You know that marketing is not a one and done thing. You have to do it pretty frequently in order to build that word of mouth. But it sounds like you are able to build word of mouth and you know and social media presence pretty quickly by tapping into a variety of ways to market yourself. I love that. Before we started recording, you mentioned that you were with a couple of insurance companies, but that one in particular seemed to be kind of the best. Was that, the, was that Blue Cross of Texas?
1: Yes. So I considered a few and based on what I was seeing on Facebook groups, kind of did some searching and asked other friends and private practices, you know, what have been your experience? So they were, you know, quick to pay, you know, insurance is never easy. So to say that they're easy is not true, but you know, they had one of the higher reimbursement rates and relatively easy to deal with. And it's one of the huge insurances here. And so a lot of businesses use them. And so that's when I was getting calls for also. So I kind of made note of what are the parents asking that I take. And it's usually either that or Medicaid. And that's a consideration. I haven't gone that route yet. I'm Still thinking about it. But yeah, so just kind of knowing, and it's hard because there are some people who are not wanting to be open about reimbursement rates. And sometimes you have to go through the whole, you know, application process just to find out. And then, you know, it's not doable. But for me, it's been a really, really great experience. There have been times where I've considered, you know, could I make this practice work by going back down to private practice, especially as I. Specialize a little bit more in my functional therapy. But I, honestly, at this time, I, I think being a network, which is the one, I'm full. And so it's been
0: a great experience. Unless anything changes, knock on wood. Yeah. Well, and you're the business owner, so you get to decide, right? Yeah. I think that's one of the cool things about, about working for yourself is that you really get to decide, like, do I want to do private pay? Do I want to do insurance? Do I want to do Medicaid? And Mm -hmm. you can change your mind and you can switch and there can be different seasons kind of of life that you go through that you do one or another. And I think that's really cool. So tell our listeners, what does your private practice look like these days?
1: Well, so initially when I started, I was doing mobile therapy and honestly, I really, I thought I was going to stay that route. I liked the low overhead I saw a need, you know, I have the mom experience of, having a child with a speech disorder. And so I have been, you know, a working mom and trying to navigate, you know, therapy appointments. So I needed a, you know, a therapist for my son who could see him at the daycare. So I saw that need. And so I really anticipated doing that for a while and then really kind of sat down and looked at my calendar and my schedule and seeing that I'm being pulled in all these directions and I could probably fit, you know, four to five more kids if I were really in a space. So I started in January and then found an office space in Tomball, which is a little bit of a smaller town, suburb. And it's where my kids go to daycare. And it really worked out. It's a small 400 square foot foot apartment apartment, or apartment office. And it's a little two room office and it's great. So saw that need and honestly really kind of honed in on that town and just saw there's really that many providers. These people are having to drive, you know, deeper into Houston to the woodlands and with traffic, that can take a while and so really wanted to see if that would bring in more clients and it did. And I was really anxious about seeing if if my current clients would come and and be willing to switch to in person in my office and almost all of them did. Not many said, you know, no we can't do that and if they couldn't, then I had some people I could refer to. So that's been huge. So I work four and a half days right now in my office. I work half days on Fridays and would love to cut back a little bit more, but I'm in a growing phase. And so there's a huge need over here. So I just take on a few more and I'm trying to work on boundaries, but it's been really good to see the transition. I Like I said, I'm a people pleaser and I I don't like conflict, but being an owner and a, you know, the sole person making the decisions, I've had to really have hard conversations. Sometimes I've had to be really firm with my policies and you have helped with that. And some of your coaches have helped with that. And it's been a really good experience. I hope to find a bigger office space still.
0: I know, and I think that that's so cool. It's really interesting when people do that transition from being mobile to having a brick and mortar space, right? Because you do start to realize like the math involved, right? where you're like, okay, I'm taking this amount of time to travel, this amount of, you know, money goes to gas versus could go to I also almost had the apartment to to the, <laughs> to the brick and mortar space, right? So it's like really cool when you start to do that, and you just start to think about, like, what is my time worth? And, you know, how could these kids best be treated and everything else? So so I totally, I love that and thinking about that. And you said something else, which is really important, which is about boundaries, right? And about policies. And Amber mentioned that we're both Enneagram nines. Anyone who knows the Enneagram knows that we're, you know, the, the peacemaker and the ones who want to be nice to everybody. But sometimes that does kind of get to be challenging when you have policies that you have to do in order to to have your practice make income, right? And so I think that, you know, we all grow into the ability to do that. And sometimes it's because of, you know, making mistakes, right? But I think that with boundaries, you have to have them tested a little bit in order to like realize, okay, no, I have to like lay down the law on this, right? Oh, yes, definitely learning from experience. And
1: I'm, you know, accommodating and I love my family. I have great families I work with. And for the most part, everyone is super flexible. But, you know, sometimes I have to tell them that, you know, I'm a mom first. And so sometimes my kids get sick. So, you know, if you can be flexible with me, I can be flexible with you. But as far as just like, you know, cancellation and no show policies, you do kind of have to you have to to be honest with them and explain, you know, I'm so sorry. And you know what? And we always have to think about there. You know, if this were to happen with a doctor or anyone else, they would have no problem doing it and so it's the same for a business like us so kind of you have to take away that helping piece
0: out and then you know stand firm right totally so one of the things that you mentioned was that you've had some help and support on that in the grow your private practice program can you tell everyone a little bit about what your experience in grow has been like
1: yeah so i did the grow program i remember when i started i think june of 22 And really, I don't know how, what led me to it, but I knew that I was, I was growing and there was kind of a limit of how much my other friends could help me. You know, they have full-time jobs, you know, they have a busy life. And so, but there were a couple of things where I needed someone who really, you know, specialized in private practices and our field and growing the business side of that. So as soon as I got my office space, I signed up for GRILL for six months and kind of went through all the modules and that was super helpful. I think the best part is just being on the Facebook page and meeting other private practice owners who are in that phase too. But the coaches have been great kind of working on systems and things like that. Things that I really need help with because I am also a type B SLP, And I think we also relate. And I'm also probably a little ADHD. so. That does not come naturally. And so that's been helpful. They've been very helpful in kind of, you know, thinking about hiring. I hired a contractor in November who's part-time with me. And so just that, I had no idea what to do. So having other people to ask questions to has just been
0: really helpful. And really like giving that firsthand experience Thank you. I mean, we're really proud of this program. And it's interesting, we decided to create it based on need from people coming out of the START program and growing their practices and then getting overwhelmed, right? If there's Mm -hmm. a number one word that people are saying when they decide to join Grow is that they're totally overwhelmed and then they know that they need support. And especially with systems and you know with hiring and just understanding your finances too, that's another thing that people have a really hard time with. And so we really created the program to solve a need that was like the next level need. And it's also kind of cool that we have students in the start program who've done so well that they've gotten to the level that they're growing. And then we're Mm -hmm. like, oh, man, but they don't have support. Right. So anyway, that's why the program was created. And I've been thrilled to have you in it. I was also thrilled that you renewed and then that you've gotten so much out of it. That makes me so happy. Yeah, I'm excited. I've got, you know, we just had our quarterly planning meeting,
1: which was really great this week. And really, this is my, you know, January was a year of full-time practice. And so I'm really sitting down and thinking about what are my big goals. So it's been a fun process. And so I knew I needed continued support. I got accomplished some goals when in that first six months, and then now have some new
0: things to get support from love that. So you mentioned that you have some big goals for this year, which is a perfect I usually end with that question. What are your goals for this year?
1: My goals so I, I think we also really you have a son in kindergarten, right? So I my twins will start kindergarten next year and so I'm already kind of I feel like normally that's the time where moms are like I get to go back to work or I get to do this and I'm kind of the opposite. I'm starting to think I want to be able to pick them up sometimes, you know, my husband and I, we help each other out. Someone does pick up or someone does drop off, but I want, you know, we're about to have that season of life where we we start doing more sports or gymnastics or dance. And so I love what I do, but I have realized really quickly, I don't love afternoons and I want to be with my kids. So I am starting to kind of figure out what is my ideal schedule to be with them and so because of that, I'm going to have to cut back some of my after school times, which I don't already work very late in general. But I do want to cut back there. And then I want to hire one to two full-time SLPs to kind of help. And I am really looking for a bigger space because I would love to have a, you know, a space where we could all treat. That's kind of one thing I miss. I love my contractor, Morgan, and she's awesome. But It would be so great to have a space where we both could work there. So that's a big goal of mine. My my lease is up in June. So we'll see what happens. And then honestly, I would love to partner or hire an occupational therapist, partner with like maybe another established OT who has her own private practice. There's a huge need on my caseload with that. And I think another big goal is I have been really lucky and I've gotten full rather quickly. And that's all been from from my website and Google. I'm showing up on Google pretty, pretty high. So that helps. But I have never gotten any pediatrician referrals. So my goal is to really start to collaborate and partner yeah. with some of the pediatricians in that town and see if I can, you know, be a referral also. source for them and vice versa and see if
0: that can help us grow too. I love that plan, right? It, you get to a point too, just like what you said with your schedule, right? You know, when you first start your private practice, most of us start on the side and you really have to fit that private practice schedule like on top of your life, right? But once mm-hmm. you go all in on your private practice, the reverse should happen, right? You plan your life first and then you plug in the amount of clients that you have to see in order to meet those financial goals, and if you can do it just yourself, then do it just yourself, right? But if you can't, that's where you start to add contractors or employees so that you don't have to do afternoons. And I have to tell you, my, the best thing of my week is volunteering at my son who's in kindergarten's library class. They go to library once a week. It's for a half hour on Thursday mornings. And like, that is sacred time to me. I never miss volunteering at the library. And you, you, know, you can't do that if you're not in charge of your schedule, right? So as your kids approach kindergarten and listeners, if you have kids in school and you want to make sure that you can maybe volunteer in the library or whatever, like be thinking about how can you create a schedule for your private practice that allows you to do the things that you want to do for your family. So Amber, I'm so excited that you're on track to be able to do this for your kids.
1: Thank you. Yeah, no, I'm excited. And Honestly, I didn't think I was going to hire. I went in saying it's gonna just be me. I don't wanna be a big clinic. And I still don't. I don't wanna grow to this enormous clinic. I like the small family feel. And I think a lot of families reach out to me because they see kind of that mention in reviews, or it's kind of kind of how I market it that we're family centered and we're play based that I want them to feel welcomed. And so I never really thought that would happen. But yeah, you start running out of time. I only have so much time in the day. So I'm excited to be able to cut back a little bit, but keep
0: growing and seeing what that looks like this year. I'm really hopeful. I love it. Well, I know that you're going to get there. And I'm just so excited to have been able to watch this unfold and will continue to be able to watch this unfold. Thank you for sharing your story. First of all, can you yeah. also share with our listeners where they can find you online? Oh, sure. So I'm on Facebook, Bluebonnet Therapy Services.
1: And then same for Instagram, Bluebonnet Therapy Services there. I have met a lot of good, good, good friends who are private practice owners or just SLPs. And so we joke a lot. We have some coworkers that, you know, we call each other coworkers. Work. We don't have co-workers right now. But to be able to like talk and you know ask questions i love that so if you want to connect and talk about my journey i'm happy to or talk about my functional therapy i love that too i'm super passionate
0: about it but yeah there's where you can find me awesome well thank you again for coming and for sharing your story with our listeners today thanks jenna for having me i loved it oh you're welcome okay don't you just love amber I love how she had never thought about private practice, but decided to take a chance on herself and it's worked out very well for her. I'm a mom too, and being in control of your schedule makes a huge difference for your family. So I am very much in favor of people building their private practices around their lives. I also loved how Amber talked about the learning process of being an insurance provider. Believe me, I cover insurance in both of our programs and the information is helpful, but actually doing it is where you learn the most. Insurance is a practice-makes-perfect kind of thing. One more thing I'll say about Amber is that she is a great example of someone who, per how she described it, is an unlikely business owner. Some people put off private practice because they don't think they're cut out for it. Well, Amber didn't either, but look at her now with a growing practice. For any of you who have existing practices, I hope that you enjoyed hearing about Amber's experience in the Grow Your Private Practice program. She hit the nail on the head when she talked about the importance of community and being with people who are at the same level of growth and ahead of you being with the beginners once you're no longer a beginner. Growing a private practice is a lot more complicated than starting one, which leaves a lot of people feeling overwhelmed. If there's one thing that I don't want, It's that I don't want people to be overwhelmed at any stage of private practice, but especially in the growth stage where the stakes are much higher. We have an amazing program specifically designed for the needs of growth-focused private practitioners. Last year, we welcomed 115 people into the Grow Your Private Practice program, and this year we would love to help you too. To learn more about Grow, please visit growyourprivatepractice.com. And if you're still a beginner, don't worry, I help beginners too please head over to startyourprivatepractice.com backslash webinar and watch my free training specifically for private practice beginners. As always, thank you for listening and please tune in next week for another episode of the Private Practice Success Stories podcast.